Welcome to the Noble Eight Podcast, Ape Reality. I'm Tom Barbele, and this evening, a complete change in the podcast format, but the podcast for 2007. A number of reasons why I'm continuing to do Ape Reality, but my thought was if I can do a format change and get it into a structure which is easy to record, easy to put out there, and doesn't require hours of editing or performance, the means that I did Ape Reality previously was a performance. I had stereo mics, I sat up, I wrote a lot of notes and performed the podcast, then edited it down, and the whole process took a lot of time and I was feeling that mm, the medium wasn't really suiting me. So what I'm trying to do now is cut it up into a mono recording recorded through a USB mic very simply in front of a Mac. Lots of stuff can go on around me, the air conditioner can be running, the animals can be running through, my wife can be sitting next to me. All these things work, but the emails that I received from folk, and also the fact that there's a lot of new stuff going on with Noble Ape. I mean, in the past probably week, week and a half, I've done a lot of code editing, there have been lots of bits and pieces of kind of flux, and my feeling was that a mail-out just wouldn't capture that, so the podcast did actually serve a need in that regard. Now, for the new year, as a New Year's resolution of folks listening into Ape Reality, I would really like some feedback via Now Dig that has podcasting-related feedback. I've included the links in the Ape Reality page, nodalape.com slash reality, and other vocal mechanisms like Podcast Alley and things like that. Basically, just show your support, show comments, give feedback through means that are both public, and if you want to contact me, tom at nodalape.com. Still receiving emails through that account. So, the four bits of new stuff that have been developed in the past week and a half. The first thing that I worked on was the idea of autonomous apes. And this is something that I was working on probably in about 97, 98, when Noble Ape was still relatively early on. I remember drawing large pictures and graph paper of kind of muscle and skeletal diagrams for the Noble Apes and the fierce felines in order to get an accurate sense of rotating joints, degrees of freedom, just the way in which these creatures moved. And this was something that I then put on the back burner. I think the source code is on some distant CD-ROM, as is a lot of the Noble Ape-related source and I thought to myself, mm, no, I'll concentrate it in a more, I'll concentrate on the noble apes in a kind of more abstract entity sense, which is what I did or continued to do up until the present day. However, with Mriddle's future work with regards to noble warfare, which I'll talk on a bit in another podcast, a future podcast, I returned to the idea that the apes as an autonomous entity and the idea of kind of procedural muscle movement and these kind of things were all relatively critical in the development of Noble Ape in the near future, Noble Warfare, and all these kind of interactive things that are going to be occurring, particularly improved graphics. So I pulled out the Noble Ape skeletons, dusted off the skeletons from the closet, so to speak, the digital closet, and got them to compile through Carbon and Windows and tested it out last night. And I'm, it's going to be a continuing project. It's in the sim directory, the active sim directory, and something going to be working on in the future. Another part of the Noble Ape development that I wanted to return to, or at least put into Noble Warfare, was something that came from the Mushroom Boy development. And for people not familiar, the Mushroom Boy development occurred probably, again, in a similar time frame to the Autonomous Apes, perhaps slightly afterwards. And I applied for a grant with the Commonwealth Science and Industry Research Organisation in Australia, CSIRO, 
And it was kind of funny. I mean, basically, they offered me the grant, but they said I had to sign over intellectual property for The Mushroom Boy, and I decided against it. But uh, in abstract, it would have been interesting to actually get the grant from an Australian government agency for what is an urban terrorism simulator. But the idea behind The Mushroom Boy was a 15, 16-year-old kid develops a nuclear weapon and then spends his time trying to escape from secret service agents through suburban cities and the creation of homes functioning homes purposeful homes i.e homes with you know living rooms and kitchens and bedrooms and toilets and all the kinds of things you expect to see in a home and how they functionally fit together and also how these suburbs develop how the idea of commerce changes the size of the houses and the the properties of what's in the house obviously you know nicer things in more affluent areas or so you'd think or maybe you know these these kind of issues how affluence moves in cities were all part of the you know, noble ape quantum mechanics, these kind of ideas that came through in the original simulation. You can do quantum mechanics with regards to economic flux as well, so it's not just purely biological. So that was the background of Mushroom Boy, but the house component was something that I thought could easily go into noble warfare, because even when you think of Waterloo, for example, Waterloo's actually a town. You don't... Well, maybe you do, I don't know. I mean, I don't really get a sense of how the people see Napoleonic battles, but a lot of them were fought in... And around towns. Lots of battles are fought in and around towns. And the idea of putting in some kind of town environment that could move into guerrilla urban warfare or this kind of stuff in noble warfare seemed to be a good use of code, and particularly with what Riddle wants to be doing in the near future. I wanted to have that source code available, so I dusted that off. The third bit of source code I looked at was the GLUT source code from 2002-2003. Now, GLUT is an OpenGL implementation. It's graphics implementation, and when I talk about Noble Apes OpenGL implementation, it was through GLUT. Now, it's something that I've reflected on because Riddle is very strong in OpenGL, and even if he uses Talk, I think there may be an OpenGL component in what he does. So I wanted something that would you know, at least act as a window from the Noble Apes simulation to OpenGL, and I also wanted, for my own thinking, another graphics method, another means of visualising the Noble Apes simulation, if nothing more to refine in my own mind what I was going to do with the source code in terms of things like memory management and things that are fundamentally platform-independent but also slightly platform-connected, and memory management is like that. It needs to exist on a very low level, but obviously it has platform-level hooks with regards to the allocation of memory. So that motivated a code rework, which I've done over the recent couple of days, few ideas, a few philosophies that have changed in the code, but basically it's about simplification. In the long term, the idea is that the simulation core is divided in two, what I'm calling the hard simulation and the soft simulation. The hard simulation relates to things like the landscape, to a certain extent the biological simulation through quantum mechanics, the weather simulation, these kind of things are all considered hard, and the idea of the hard simulation is also something that can easily be ported to other graphics environments Air or Dave Kerr's Air or Bruce Damer's Digital Space. These kind of environments can pick up the hard component of the simulation and use it in their own interactions, whatever they want to do with that. Whereas the soft component is more things like the cognitive simulation, the ape's interaction with the environment. And funnily enough, this also lends itself very well to ape script. 
So the soft simulation kind of goes hand in hand with ApeScript. So my thinking was move the hard simulation into the Noble Toolkit, which is already becoming a very rich resource for these kind of developers, and then take the soft simulation into something that then can be completely rewritten in ApeScript. My current thinking is to move the ApeScript component into the hard simulation as well. So that eliminates the soft simulation in some regard, although the cognitive simulation, I think because it contains so much low-level mathematics, this is obviously in large part what Apple and Intel have optimised for their particular kinds of hardware. So these things are things still that will probably remain in the simulation in the current state because they're not ideally suited to ApeScript. So there needs to be some hybridization in that regard. However, I think it's all doable, and I think the code rework is something that's quite necessary in terms of the direction that I want to take it. Also, the turn of the year produces an interesting analysis because I have to go through the source individually and update the copyright date. And this year, I have actually changed the open source license very slightly. I like maintaining a unique open source license, and I think more open source developers should maintain unique open source licenses. Firstly, the more unique open source licenses and the more diversity in open source licensing, the less likely of open source abuses in some idealistic sense. The idea that basically people will be forced to read the open source license because they're not going to assume that it's going to be one of the dominant open source licenses. I like the idea of biodiversity in open source, and it's something which I find completely lacking in contemporary open source, but I'm an idealist. I do hope for the future in that regard. So I did change the license ever so slightly and eliminate some of the discussion with regards to what is a commercial use of the Noble Ape license and replaces it with the fact that there are two current legitimate uses for the open source license, personal and or academic, and all other uses basically need to be covered with a different license. And a different license comes through actively contacting me. And I think there's a problem there. There's been a problem historically with a lot of companies using Noble Ape related source code. Apple does in some sense actively evangelize it, but having said that as well, Apple also to a certain extent acknowledges. I don't think Apple is the ideal example of how the Noble Ape open source license should be used, but it certainly is a better example than a company that just takes the source code, uses the source code, and gets no attribution. So that's my musing with regards to the Noble 8 open source license changes. It comes down to a line, keep open source legitimate, the responsibility is yours. And I think that's a good catchphrase to actually put in an open source license. I don't think anything will change. I don't think people will actively read the license. I don't think I'll get a flood of emails from companies and enterprises that actively use Noble Ape and say, gee whiz, we've been using it for the past five years or past three years or past two years for our carbon real-time optimization or examples of how to compile on Xcode and Code Warrior. You know, what do we do now in terms of licensing? I don't think that'll actually happen. But nonetheless, it is good to have something in a license in that regard. So I'm relatively happy with the update. This podcast, going to be going out in mono, future podcasts in mono. No intro, no outro. It's just going to be very quick. Tom at NobleApe.com if you have any questions. I'm going to probably put out one a week. I may put out more. I may put out less. It really depends on the speed at which I can edit. And I think that comes down to basically the content of the information that I'm going to be providing. Maybe shorter podcasts in the future. Thank you very much for staying on the Noble Ape, Ape Reality feed. Biota.org Conversations is coming up very soon. I'm really looking forward to that podcast going out. 
and another podcast. I am going to be post-production on the best damn podcast ever, which I have actively sampled from and used when they have read emails of mine. It's going to be really fun post-producing that, and I'm going to be honing my skills with regards to producing large-scale podcasts very quickly. I think there are a number of technologies I'm interested in experimenting with. Recording mono podcasts enables me to experiment more. So I'm really looking forward to doing that in the future. Thank you very much for tuning into this podcast for the new year. Happy New Year to you all as well. I should probably say that. Look forward to you tuning into the next podcast.